You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Help First, Chris Cooper. Hey everybody, it's Chris, and today's episode will be coming up in one minute. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about how we've changed the incubator. Anybody that's been around Two Brain since our inception in 2016 knows that we constantly go back and upgrade our material, our curriculum, and even we refine our message and we reshoot stuff all the time to update it. The stuff that worked in 2012 when I wrote my first book doesn't always work anymore. And so every six months or so, we go back through all of our curriculum and say, how can we teach this better? Or how can we make sure that this is completely up to date? Well, what we've done in the last month is we've added a digital marketing component to our incubation program. We have a couple of expert mentors, John Franklin, Mateo Lopez, who work one-on-one with entrepreneurs, especially gym owners, to guide them through the process of doing Facebook ads, especially. So not only are they going to help you design your ads, they're going to teach you how much you should spend what to track, what kind of metrics you should be looking at, how to tweak your ads if they're not working, how to change things, what other people are doing in the industry. The thing about Facebook ads is a lot of the mystery is gone now. Facebook's new rule means that you can look at any page, you know, another gym, another entrepreneur, and you can see exactly what ads they're running. You can see their ad copy. You can even copy exactly what they're doing and run more ads. It's a brilliant move for Facebook, but it's a lottery win for us because now we can take what other people are doing We can do it in our market. We can look at the metrics associated with the ad and we can tweak things if it's not working. What you really need now is some mentorship to know what to tweak. It's not a matter of coming up with like the magical copy anymore because of this new feature on Facebook. So our digital incubator process is now included in the incubator. When you sign up, you're going to go straight through one-on-one mentoring calls to build your business, fix the foundation, do your SOPs. You can see the whole breakdown on our website. Then you're going to go into three one-on-one mentoring sessions with John or Mateo. You're going to work specifically on your ad campaign, and you're going to start building your funnel and get your lead gen going. So I'm super jacked about that. It's been working so well as an optional add-on for people in TwoBrain that now we've just made it part of our incubator process. Whether you're starting a gym brand new or like a lot of our clients, you're trying to fix problems that you've made in your business over the years. and You have to go back and have these hard conversations or do these hard changes. Either way, you're going to be faced with the premise of doing a very hard thing. And so today we're going to talk about how I learned to embrace stress and lean into the fear of doing hard things like confronting a client or confronting a staff member or changing a policy or changing my rates. I've got a few tips for you today that have worked out incredibly well for me over the years as we've grown from, you know, fixing my failing gym to building two brain into this worldwide brand with, you know, 500 amazing entrepreneurs now in the two brain family and 20 mentors on staff and translations into four different languages of my books. Obviously, there have been some tough decisions, some hard conversations, and even some passed up opportunities on the way. So I'm going to take the lessons that I've learned as a young entrepreneur, and I'm going to apply them to these bigger problems. And the tools that I'm about to give you can be applied to almost any problem in life. I'm even going to use them this weekend as I ride 100K on my bike in a Grand Fondo fundraiser for a local hospice. 
the first post I ever published on the Catalyst website back when it was catalystfitness.ca or something in 2005 was called It's All About the Story. My point of that post, and you can probably find it if you look for it, one of the enduring goals of Catalyst, my gym, was that I want to give you a life worth repeating. I want my members to go and do stuff with their fitness. We love having them do 5Ks and marathons, Spartan races and strongman comps, and also the bucket list stuff like skydiving and grand fondos. And we can get people ready for any of it. That doesn't mean that it won't be scary. If you're doing a 100K bike ride for the first time, your nerves will probably start kicking in, you know, five or six days before. And hopefully you'll use that to help be motivated. But that doesn't mean you're going to automatically overcome that fear. Here's how I've learned to lean into the scary stuff, embrace stress, and live a better life because of it. First, I want you to understand that your body doesn't know the difference between fear and excitement. They feel exactly the same. When you start getting anxious before a big event or before a tough conversation, ask yourself, am I really scared or am I just excited? As adults, we're not really excited that often. Our body's default response to increased blood pressure, elevated heart rate, and surging adrenaline is fear. Then we fall into a downward spiral and we get scared when we should really be excited. Our body tells us there's something to be scared of. There's a tiger in the, in the bushes over there. And so we start to get scared. We follow our physiology. Instead, we should take control and say, really, I'm just excited. So before a tough conversation or before a big event, ask yourself, am I really scared? Am I really nervous? Am I really anxious? Or am I actually excited? Something Coach Ray Gallup, the founder of UpCoach, once told me that I've never forgotten was this. I was in the CrossFit Open. Some of you might remember this event. It was like a 185 clean and jerk. And you get one point for the clean and one point for the jerk. And it was like max reps in five minutes or something. And I was looking at this barbell and the clock is ticking down. My anxiety is through the roof. And Coach Ray crouches beside me with his clipboard and his score sheet. And he says, it's just like opening your Christmas presents. And what I realized was that I was excited to do the event and not nervous. And I hammered it. And now before the start of every big workout, before the start of every competition, every event that I do, anything that makes me nervous, even going into a large social event where I don't know everybody, I say to myself, Chris, are you nervous or are you excited? And most of the time I'm excited. My body doesn't know the difference. It's sending me the wrong signal, but I can take control of that with my thoughts. Second, I want you to know that anticipation is worse than the event. Our fear of what might happen is always way out of scope with what actually happens. Our lizard brain takes over and our minds go to the worst case scenario and we run at max heart rate for three days before the event. We're doing staff evaluations for the first time and we picture the whole thing going wrong and everybody blowing up and the staff person quitting and you crying in the bathroom after. Ugh. And then when that event actually happens, when you sit down with the staff person, you're so exhausted from replaying the possibilities over and over. You've already done the whole event with every possible catastrophe included like 78 times. You're worn down. Waiting, deliberating, anticipating, it's always worse than doing. If you can choose when to do the hard thing, if you can set the timetable, if you can set the agenda for the conversation, choose to start it right now. The hard part is the anticipation. Skip that part. Third, I want you to put the event in perspective. Will you actually remember this in a year? There was a time several years ago when I was susceptible to criticism on Facebook. People would question something they read in Two Brain Business in an online group. And now that, of course, these concepts have been proven out over years and hundreds of affiliates and they're 
broadly accepted back then, they weren't the norm. And you know what happens when something's not the norm, right? It's first it's questions, then it's ridiculed, and then it's accepted as fact. Well, during that ridicule phase, I would start to get these crazy comments from people who really had never actually tried the system, but assumed that it wouldn't work. And so one day, my wife and I were driving to a voting booth, and she said, why are you so distracted? Like, I was so upset that I couldn't even drive. She had to drive us. And I said, oh, it's stupid Facebook. I know what you're going to say. Like, I shouldn't give any credence to these people. I don't know them. They don't know me. They, you know, their, their assertions are ridiculous. They're not grounded in fact or experience. And she said, what do you mean? And so I read the Facebook comment out loud to her. And as I was doing it, both of us were starting to laugh because it was so ridiculous that this would get so far under my skin. Now, I remember that over a year later, but only because it's such a funny story. I'm sure if you're listening at home, you're probably laughing for two reasons. First, yes, it is ridiculous that we get worked up over something that got said on the internet. And second, it's ridiculous, but it's also happened to all of us. We've all been in that position. We can't go to bed because somebody is saying something wrong on the internet, right? We need to fight. So in most cases, if that's you and you're sitting in front of your computer and somebody's saying something that you don't agree with, I want you to ask yourself, am I going to remember this in a year? If you're not going to remember it in a year, it's not worth stressing about. The flip side of that coin is if you will remember this thing in a year, it's worth doing now. So your life, when it's winding down, you're going to look back on it and what are you going to remember? What are the things that are going to shape your story? There are these standout events. You're not going to remember going to Walmart to pick up dental floss. You're not going to remember how you tied your tie every day. You're probably not going to remember the shoes that you wore, you know, on the third month of work. What you are going to remember are these isolated events that stick out in your mind precisely because you were in a heightened state of arousal. That means that you were doing something hard, something stressful, or something very exciting. These are the things that stick out, and these are the things that stitch together to create your story. Well, my friend, time is running out. Your life is not going to last forever. The clock is ticking. What are you doing right now that you're going to remember a year from now? And this is usually what makes me stop and lean into doing stressful things. This is what makes me immediately say, hell yes, I'll speak in Germany. Heck yeah, we're going to make it an overnight trip. And I'm going to go to France too. Hell yes, I'll be there in Sweden. Hell yes, I'll try to do New Zealand in the same month. Hell yes, Russia. Hell yes, Brazil. Because these are the points that I'm going to remember. It doesn't mean they're not exciting. It doesn't mean they don't stress me out at all. Obviously, coordinating travel is it's, it's fraught with things that could happen. There are a thousand things that I could imagine happening if I wanted to really stress myself out. But these are also the things that I'm going to remember. Life is a series of moments. I often joke now that anxiety is my cardio. And these standout moments, not the daily rhythm of eating breakfast and shaving, are what become your story. Any story without these moments is boring. Take it from someone who tells stories for a living. Every time you go through a painful breakup, every time you grind your gears to dust on a steep climb, every time you stay up all night in fear, they'll all make a great story that will help someone else. In the end, these are the things that matter most. And I hope you lean into them. One final word on stories, transparency, and service. The real secret to why TwoBrain has become the largest mentoring agency for gyms in the world, why TwoBrain Business is the best-selling fitness business book of all time, and why people call me up every week and say, hey, I've read your book, 
is because we're very open and transparent. I don't pretend to know everything. I don't pretend to have done everything right the first time. I don't pretend to have the absolute knowledge of which paint to put in your bathroom to drive sales up 21%. What I will do though is say, here is what we believe to be correct based on our data, based on our experience mentoring with thousands of gyms, and based on how I screwed this up last time. When you're going into a new situation and you're scared of screwing up, what I want you to tell yourself is, if this works out, it's going to be great. But if it doesn't work out, it's going to make a great story and I'm going to share it with somebody else. The first day that I found a mentor, I wrote him a check for $500 that I couldn't afford. It should have bounced. And what I told myself was, if this works, it's going to be great. It's going to change my life. But if it doesn't work, it's going to make a hell of a story. And that story was the start of don'tbuyads.com, which was the start of the two brain story years later. Have a fantastic week. Lean into stress. Find the pebble. Get it out of your shoe. Hey, and if you're in the two brain tinker group, I am super pumped to see you this week in San Francisco with my special guest, Dave Castro. There we go. Carl, how are you? I am good, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to Two Brain Stories. So Thank you. you have a unique situation uh, that I definitely want to, or story really, um, that I definitely want to bring up to everybody and kind of talk about your guys' plans and what you're doing going forward. But before we get into that, why don't you not only tell us a little bit about yourself, but about the gym. You're not located in the U.S., so uh, we can kind of talk about that too. But then, uh, and then we'll jump into your story. All right. So my name is Carl. I uh, own uh, CrossFit Midis, located in Stockholm, Sweden, and I operate it with my business partner, Oscar. We are on our fifth year. Well, throughout the last year, we've been catering about 250 members at the time. And the reasons I say uh, uh, like around 250 uh, is because we used to run a lot of six-week programs, and they have been very, very successful. So uh, we sort of figured out how to get a lot of people in our facility fairly quickly. Uh, a little bit about, you asked about me and my background. Uh, and Well, I used to do a lot of gymnastics and dancing and martial arts as well. And that is, a lot of that is not very healthy for you. It puts a lot of stress on your body. So the reason I got into CrossFit was because I felt the need to uh, get stronger as well and, and uh, to be able to continue to do uh, well, gymnastics and dancing and acrobatics and stuff like that that I love. And, and, and CrossFit has been very, very helpful for me to, uh, to keep doing what I love. Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome to hear. So you have a unique situation that happened, uh, but I think not only can we use this as learning for a lot of other gyms that could possibly go through the situation, same situation, but really what your tactics and what, what you're going to be doing going forward. So let's get into a little bit about the background of, of what kind of caused what the story is about all the way up to the climax of what actually happened. And then of course, uh, what's going to be going on from there. All right. So, so starting way back is, I mean, we, we've had a, a very fortunate situation when it comes to coaches. We found great coaches early on within our community and uh, they were willing to uh, invest a lot and all we all progressed uh, together actually in, in in a great way and went pretty far pretty fast the the the, the process includes uh, you know several coaches going from not being a coach before or not having the level one to having the level one 
that's of course the minimum requirement, but then going on and having level two as well, and even level three. And uh, my, my, my business partner, Oscar, he even went on to get his, well, level three and uh, he's now a member of seminar staff. So we really take this very seriously when it comes to, you know, become great coaches. Up until three months back, four months back, we had uh, uh, three full-time coaches working for us and doing great, having lots of uh, PT clients and uh, uh, coaching a lot of group classes. And, and uh, they were also able to you know, explore their own interests and, and, uh, and uh, careers. Uh, and they were making good money. But uh, we, uh, we then faced a very, very big obstacle when, for different reasons, these three full-time coaches decides to pursue other things, uh, move away uh, and uh, trying other stuff. So uh, that left us with, with this, this big challenge uh, going from, from three full-time coaches that actually pretty much uh, were in charge of delivering like, like 85% of our services. Uh, and now we, uh, we had to figure it out again uh, without sacrificing me and mine and Oscar's personal lives. We have families, we have kids, so we can't just go in and cover for 85% of, of, uh, of, of the business, uh, the business delivery. So that, that, that puts us in a, in a, in a, in a, in a awkward situation there. Having three coaches who leaves, and that leaves us with no full-time coaches. And because they were covering so much, we didn't have that many part-time coaches in the loop uh, uh, either. Uh, so there weren't really any part-time coaches just there waiting to step up and, and you know move in. And also, we had a retention system that now needed a, a reboot, a revamp, a, a rebuild. Yes. And I mean, we realized that it's, uh, we have a broken system and, uh, and, and that's not good and it's not bad. Of course, it's indifferent. Uh, it is, uh, and we have to find a, a solution for it. So, uh, I have to admit that, uh, when everything happens, of course, we, we got frustrated and mad and, and, uh, we had a, a discussion, me and Oscar walking around the park and kicking on stones and, and, you know. But then we, we, had to, we had to realize that this is not a good situation. This is not a bad situation, but it, it is a situation where we just have to deal with it. And uh, I mean, it's so much better that it happens now uh, than, than later. So the, the first thing this made us do was to, to, to revisit our offer. What are we actually offering our, our members? And it boils down to, well, it's personal training, it's nutrition counseling, and group training. Okay, so those are the three main things. And when, when it comes to specialty programs and, and events, it has never been part of the core business. Uh, so we have a couple of events that, that are tradition that we just, we have to keep them because members expect them. Like we, we do a, a, a fantastic uh, intramural, intramural open. That's a difficult word for a, yeah. a non-native <laughs> English speaker. And we also do the reopen in, in November. So we're redoing the open in November. It's a great event. I can really recommend it. If you're not doing it, it's so much fun. So we're, of course, keeping those. But, but we have to focus now on our main offer, which is personal training, nutrition counseling, and group training. 
Uh, and then we have to figure out, okay, what are the, 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 what are the sustainable levels of, 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 of the business uh, when it comes to price, when it comes to volume, how many people have to pay X amount to, to make our business thrive and survive. And then we had to go back and look at, okay, so what does the organization have to look like and how do we build that organization? And I guess that takes us to the, the challenge. So, so we had to define, okay, what is the challenge? So we need, we definitely need coaches who work full time in our facility because we have a big demand of personal training and nutrition counseling. So it's very hard, at least so far for us. I'm saying so far for us because maybe we haven't figured it all out yet. But so far, it's difficult for us to have part-time coaches doing personal training and nutrition counseling. We haven't figured that out. So, okay, we need, we need full-time coaches. So we have to, to figure out how to bring those full-time coaches up to speed. And we've been very lucky after, uh, after this situation to have found uh, one who came actually from outside and was able to, to integrate very well. And, and I think the reason for that is because we talk so much about our values and, and, uh, and uh, uh, this coach was fully on board when it came to our values and what we want to deliver to our, to our clients. And we, we want to make people healthy and happy. That's, that's the main message. Uh, so that was good. And also, we actually did find part-time coach who was willing to, to step up. But then we had to, to still figure out, okay, how do we... How do we get those guys up to the levels that we want them to be? All right. And that brings me to the, the next part because we have to figure the whole system out. We can't just, you know, focus all of our time on them because then we still have a lot of other problems to solve. So you need to, to look at the full, full picture, right? Uh, so then we look at part-time coaches and, and what they mainly do then is, of course, group training. They're not doing the personal training or the nutrition counseling. And then we have to figure out what the training systems would look like and uh, to, to meet our requirements. And uh, we broke that down into well, two parts, a theoretical part and uh, a practical part. So the constraint we put on ourselves is that this can take a long time. We have to do it this very, very quickly. So the original sort of uh, constraint that we... we, we uh, we gave ourselves was to bring a, uh, someone from, we, we, we said, from couch to CrossFit coach in a month. So not, not from couch to 5K or whatever the programs <laughs> are called, but, but from couch to not being a coach, you know, and to actually be a, a CrossFit coach in a month without us having to spend uh, eight hours per day with that mm -hmm. person. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's... that's that's where we were, and uh, um, uh, we still haven't solved the whole puzzle yet, but we've come pretty far when it comes to uh, making sure that the, the, the th theoretical basics are met through, um, uh, through uh, well, I guess a, a lot of people are familiar with the, the um, advanced theory course, mm -hmm. and we just we try to, to, to um, speed that up and... and uh, what I've done is I've, I've, I've recorded like the, I've broken it up to modules and I've 
actually recorded myself talking about these modules. That way, when when the, uh, a person participating, uh, they get to read the material first, and and then they look at the videos that I shot, you know, explaining the 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 bigger picture. So that's a way to 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 get them to understand things more quickly. And then I instead of meeting as a group like once a week and having group discussions, I have mentor calls with them instead. So once a week they call in and and, and or call or or meet face to face, but but then we can keep the meetings a lot shorter and and we can cover the the our our our, our basic requirements for when it comes to training and nutrition, but also our basic requirements when it comes to psychology and sociological uh, sociology uh, and, and and basically that's how to deal with people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also, of course, discuss our values a lot in, the, in these mentor calls because it's it's very important. The second step would be to get the practical basis, and I have to say that that I mean having a having a having my colleague on on seminar staff is very helpful because he's he's of course been been like setting the the, the structure for that part. Yeah. So uh, uh, when it comes to the practical basics of, of, you know, making sure that our coaches know the the teaching, the seeing, correcting, demonstration, presence and attitude and, and group management, then, I mean, basically what, what Oscar has done is that he's, uh, he's looked at uh, a structure and, and tried to simplify that as, as much as possible and also giving uh, the, the coaches in training more structure feedback. So that's one part of it. And also the other part is that we've applied layers uh, with minimum requirements. So when it comes to group training, because that's what the most important part is in our business, we have, uh, we've, uh, we have two group training programs. So uh, we have the CrossFit group training program, and then we have a, 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 a little bit uh, easier version of CrossFit. We call it fitness at our facility. Uh, a lot of people call it boot camp or uh, spark or whatever you have all heard lots of names there our version we call it fitness and when it comes to bringing a coach up to speed they enter as assistant fitness coach and then they become head fitness coach and then they move on to assistant crossfit coach and then cro- head crossfit coach so that's the that's our solution to to our our big problem that i described in the beginning well how do we solve this situation um and and, um, and and basically save our organization, get new get new coaches up to speed, and making sure that we still deliver the, the services that we want to deliver at the uh, at the level we want to deliver them. Yeah. And of course, the the outcome is is yet to be determined. We we don't know exactly how this. It feels really good, and we've gotten really far, and we got new coaches on board, and it seems to be going very well. And I think. It will lead to us becoming more, uh, not just robust, but anti-fragile. It has definitely led to an overall improvement of our systems because we just had to, you know, readdress everything and, and look at what are the, all the weak links? Where are they? How can we improve those things? And, and also it, that in, in turn has led to better standard operation procedures. We had to rewrite those as well, making sure that, that someone with, with maybe a, a lower level understanding would still be able to deliver the service at uh, uh, the required level. And I also, I also think it has led to, to us you know, simplifying things for ourselves. So that, that's definitely a feeling I have now. 
uh, and lastly, uh, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, it, it sets, well, it differs, uh, it, it diversify, or no, how, how do you say, no, it differentiate. Uh, it, help, it has helped us with, with differentiating ourselves even more clearly. So this is us. This is what we stand for. These are the people we, we normally cater to and, and so on. Excellent. So you went from having 85% of your class or your coaches, coaching staff basically leave. Um, yes. And you had to refill that problem or that you looked at it not even as a problem, but more of an opportunity to streamline your systems, simplify everything, but then also fortify it so it's, it's anti-fragile to make it so that you guys, it, it's almost like a blessing in disguise if you want to call it that because oh, sure. nobody wants to lose 85% of their, of their team, but it allowed you guys to build, build back up or, or find the holes in the boat to fix and then actually make it more bulletproof. So, and, and you guys are going through the process now and I think uh, we will definitely have to get you back on so that we can find out the ending to the story because I know everyone will be, be wondering and I'm sure they will be asking here and there um, of where everything is and where you guys are going. So I think that's a perfect pace to wrap it up. Is there any concluding statements you want to make to anybody or no? Maybe that part that, that things that happens are not necessarily good or bad, but they just are. And, and if you can accept that, then even if things get it looks really, really bad, then, then, you know, you, you can, you can solve it more easily, or you can at least feel more relaxed in a, in a very otherwise very awkward situations. So things are not good. Things are not bad. Things just are. Exactly. Perfect. It looks like we have one comment um, that Anthony brought up and he asked, what did you do to identify the coaches or the coaches prospects that you wanted to run through this um, very quick system uh, from becoming a couch to, to coach, as you called it? What, how did you identify which prospects were going to be a good fit for you? Uh, the, the most important part, when it, because, I mean, we have running ads for coaches now. And uh, uh, so people, I get a, a uh, an email or a phone call maybe a week when someone is interested in, in, in joining our, our crew. And I think it always comes back to, you know, values. If you start talking about like your values or that person's values and ask them what, what they stand for, what they, what they believe in, and you find that already there, you, you, you have uh, your own common ground. You, you have the same principles then, I mean, the, the rest uh, is, 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 you know, it's teachable. Of course, you have to have some, some basic understanding of, of what CrossFit is, but I, I don't see that as the most important part. I mean, eventually, if you want to coach CrossFit, you, for legal reasons, you need level one, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so that's, that's a minimum requirement, but it doesn't have to start with, with someone having a level one. Uh, if I... See, you know, if I if I have a, a like, for instance, a member who who's got great spirit and and uh, they uh, they share our values and 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 they just a, a good member that everyone loves and appreciates, then that's that's a good enough start for me. And if they show interest, if I ask them and they show interest, I even had one today actually. Uh, uh, then then I'll take it from there. And I don't prom I don't make any promises in the beginning. I, I will tell them that that first you need to go through the first, the theoretical part, and then we'll see if that goes well. Then then we'll continue. But I mean, if they share our values, they will not have a problem with that because that's part of it. 
Very true. Very true. So basically it sounds like over communicating your values as much as possible. Always make sure that people understand exactly where you and the gym are focused uh, and making yes. sure that they align up with that. Because as you said, you can teach them the movements. You, you can teach them how to be a good coach. Um, even if it's not just CrossFit, if, it, if it's a different program, um, maybe leading up to CrossFit, like you said, where you have an assistant yes. fitness, then head fitness, and then assistant CrossFit, and then into a CrossFit coach. But making sure that those values are definitely over-communicated in the very beginning um, really will make sure that the people that are supposed to be there will stay and the people that aren't uh, won't. So I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. I appreciate you coming on the Two Brain Stories. Um, we definitely look forward to hearing the end result of how everything went and systemizing it, I'm sure, and, and putting out to the masses how you guys got through people through ATC so fast. And I think this is actually a perfect uh, Food for Thought Friday that I'm going to post for this week is, is you lose 85% of your staff, what do you do? Because that's what you guys just did and, and you're going through it right now and, and fixing and, and fortifying everything. So, Carl, I appreciate you coming on here um, and, and lending us your story. We greatly appreciate it. And it was good talking to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir.